0: we standing here, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing out there? Welcome to the side jump. I am your host, Dennis Holmes. I usually have my co-hosts with me here. The Chocolate Girl, but the Chocolate Girl couldn't be here with us today. She had to take care of some family business. Other than that, we got we have a very, very talented, very funny, and veteran of comedy in the building. All right, you've seen him everywhere that comedy is, has been, and you've also seen him on movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Foxx. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Sean Jones.
1: What's Sean up? Jones, man? How you, how you doing? doing today,
0: man? I'm uh, listen. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm happy to be here this Saturday morning. How about yourself?
1: I'm good too. But I thought I was gonna get a chocolate girl, and I got
0: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You supposed <laughs> a to be big Hershey kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to get the chocolate girl, and she's and she's from and she lives in North Carolina, too. It's
1: oh, really? She see, in, man,
0: she lives in Durham, North Carolina.
1: Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. that's yeah, all right. We're still know, gonna have fun, regardless.
0: Uh, as, as usual, man, every every time I see you on stage, nothing but a great time. I just know now when I go to your shows, I ain't sitting up front. I know that for sure.
1: all nah, you know, right. love. You know, I don't mess with nobody.
0: No, no, no. you you messing with people. I know it's all love, but the other day you got the club owner's mama. I was like, damn! I, know, <laughs> like, <right?
1: laughs> I didn't even know that was his mother. I, uh, the check cleared, though, so I guess we good.
0: Hey, you good. You good. You know yeah, you good with good. the check clearing. But right. now, now, we know you've been a comedian for almost 30 years. Right. Almost 30 years. But, but what we want to know is what made you get up there and go on that stage?
1: Hey, man, I guess it was ordained by God. You know what I mean? That's what, you know, it sound corny, but it's true because uh I never, you know, I really didn't have that, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a comedian growing up. You know what I mean? I didn't look at Rich Pryor or Eddie Murphy and say that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. But I just think that my personality and just the people that I was surrounded by pushed me into that you know, to that arena. And once I got that bug, it stuck. So I guess that's what God put me on this earth to do. Because like you said, here I am 28 years later, still grinding, still relevant. So I guess it's what I was made to be, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. This is what you were made to be. Now, uh, do you remember the comedy theater that you actually went to and did your thing or was it a house party or...
1: What the first the first time I went on stage? First
0: time you went on stage?
1: Oh, I went I went through the uh, I guess I went through a different avenue because uh, what I did was I left Jersey and I went to South Carolina for a quick moment to Charleston, South Carolina, and um, they had a comedy workshop. So I went ahead and took the comedy workshop that they had and befriended the uh, the gentleman who uh, was given the comedy workshop, Tony Kemp. Uh, he had been doing com you know he had been doing comedy shows. Uh, for many years prior to that, since the early eighties. So he had a comedy workshop where you can go and teach you the, you know, the techniques of comedy as well as, you know, you can practice on stage and stuff like that. So that's where I went initially. And then the first time I went on stage was downtown Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, And I mean, from that day till today, man, I've been doing it full time. The first time I stepped on stage was the last time I worked a conventional job, you know, so.
0: That's what he was, that's when he was doing insurance
1: yeah i was doing i was uh i was doing insurance for a little while um and it's so cool because what happened was i was working for state farm i was calling cold calling people for insurance that's back in the day when you had to look in the yellow pages which you probably don't even remember the yellow pages, i know the yellow,
0: yellow pages man i'm page. listening i'm 37 i know the yellow pages man
1: okay you almost grown you know you almost <laughs> your shoes almost got heels on them you got that one level heel right that one level soul right now <laughs> You get past forty, you get the little heel in the back, you know. But uh, but yeah, man. So I was working in insurance, and and they laid me off. I had a real cool dude, uh, RJ England, uh, RJ uh, Washington. He had his own uh, State Farm office, in which I was a broke. You know, I was doing selling insurance, but he laid me off. And he was like, man, you know, I'm making where you can get unemployment. So while I was getting unemployment, I was critiquing my craft in comedy. So once the unemployment ran out. Um, I started working on the road because fortunately during that time, that was what we called the, uh, the, uh, the creative tour, the, the black comedy tour. It started off in Virginia and then went all the way through South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Georgia, and Tennessee. It was like almost a two week tour and Charleston had a comedy night on Sunday nights and Augusta, Georgia had Monday night. So I was hosting in Charleston on Sunday, driving to Augusta, which is about two and a half hours or so, hosting that on Monday night. So every week I was on stage and I had to come up with new materials. So I uh, you know, I perfected my craft a little bit quicker because I had really good stages because every every weekend I had from 60, 70 to a hundred plus people every week that I was in front of. You know, so it gave me my chops a lot quicker. Uh, so like I said, that's how and then once you know, once my unemployment ran out, I was already working. You know, I was you know hosting rooms two you know two times a week, as well as you know I befriended a lot of comics. I knew a lot of comics prior to me even doing comedy, like JB Smooth, uh, uh, Bill Bellamy, all those cats. You know, because I the Jersey, grew- the Jersey, the Jersey, the That's cruise. right. I grew up in Jersey. Uh, we, you know, I used to frequent one of the first black comedy clubs in America, uh, which was. Terminal D, which was on Freeland Heisen Avenue, downtown Newark, you know, where I'm from. So uh I knew a lot of those cats. So they was coming through on the creative tour, you know, on the on the Black Comedy Tour. So, you know, it it, it my transition was a little bit smoother than a lot of people had to experience in the, early on in their career.
0: Okay. All right. Now, what was some of the lows that you were saying
1: in this business for you? Oh man, I had I had several several lows from uh marriages failing to financial woes to doubting yourself uh i mean we it's it's we all go through these cycles and i mean if anyone says that they hadn't been through that cycle they haven't been really putting in that work i mean it, it's what makes you strong, and what it, it's what makes you appreciate you know when things are are great you know um yeah i i had a marriage that failed you know first marriage that failed uh you know, due to traveling, due to... I mean, just think about it. back in the day when I first got married, man, I was on Comic View. So I was on TV all the time. You know, right. I was young, I was feeling myself. So, you know, uh being faithful wasn't the most... uh It wasn't the top of my priority list. And, and I was just honest with my wife at the time, to tell her that this is what I, you know, this is what had been going on. But that's a whole nother story about what she was doing. But anyway. <laughs> But
0: uh,
1: yeah. and just traveling, traveling is very difficult. A lot of people, you know, it's different when you're when you fantasize about being in a relationship with an entertainer versus being in that relationship. I tell people I can uh, relate it to people excited about going into the military till they go to boot camp. Everybody wanna, you know, when you sign that line, say I'm going into the military, you're all excited, and then when you get out there and they wake you up at four o'clock in the morning and have you doing all this strenuous stuff. Now it's not fun. That's also how it is with entertainment, comedy. You know what I mean? Like everybody's excited. They think about all the different places they would travel, all the different people they would meet, all these different things. But then you don't realize those those weekends when everybody else is going out on dates, you know, we're away, that's our work That's our work time. Fridays right. and Saturdays, when, when couples are on date night, you work it, you know? Um, and sometimes, you know, we go on tours that might last a month or, or two weeks at a time. You know, when we go outside the country, I, you know, I used to travel to Japan and Korea and that lasted 22 days. I would go to England that would last two weeks. So you miss a lot of time with your family. a lot of events, birthdays, holidays, all these different things. So it takes, it takes a toll on the relationship. And if you don't have a person that kind of, if you have a person that has a nine to five, sometimes they don't understand the path that we take. So it, you know it's a strain on the relationship. So that's some um, that's one of the uh, downfalls yeah. you know that I've experienced. No, but I'm good yeah. now.
0: I what now. Okay, um, I'm gonna say because I've always wanted to notice about comedy specials. What goes into the comedy special? Is is I'm gonna let you tell your side of the story, and then I'm
1: gonna oh, ask it's a lot. And I didn't realize myself what went into it until I had to experience it recently. We filmed my comedy special Father's Day weekend, uh, 2022 this year um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, first of all, it's, it's basically, it's a lot of paperwork. And fortunately I had the perfect, the perfect person in charge of that, Holly Seward, which is a friend of mine since ninth grade. We have been friends since ninth grade and she used to work for HBO, and uh, New Jersey Pack and Symphony Hall, like a lot of the big uh, venues, theaters in Jersey. So she knew how to do the the paperwork. And uh, it goes from finding the right production company, you know, the camera stuff, the location, uh, just the ins and outs of, of, you know, what the venue will allow, what the venue needs from you guys, you know, negotiation on the price of the venue, the production, just the scheduling, travel—you know, making sure everybody is where they need to be at what at the proper time. Making sure promotion is done correctly. Making sure appearances are set up. Making sure that we have the right—the list of people who are—you know—where people are sitting. It's it's so much, man. And it took us approximately four months, I would say, minimum of preparing for that one weekend. You know. Wow. It's, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. You know, this was, was, was your
0: first comedy special all he did.
1: Yeah, it was my first comedy special. See, the thing, the reason why it was so much for me is because we shot independently. I had an investor step in. Uh and that's why we didn't have the you know the Netflix or the Hulus or the you know comedy dynamics that stepped in there and did everything Which basically, I feel better doing it this way because I had all creative control over everything. You know, uh, a lot of times when people go through the different uh, um, um, sources, they have, you know, they say, well, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that. They kind of have to say so, what is acceptable and what is not. When we shot it ourselves, it's all up to us. That was all, you know, what I felt and what my team felt comfortable uh, with me talking about, that's what we went with. So. It's a little different from when you're going with, uh, you know, with a platform having control over and putting up all the money and stuff versus you doing it yourself, you
0: know? Okay. All right. Now, now with the comedy special, now when, when will it be available for people? Well, to
1: get it? well see, that's another thing. Then that's, that's another thing that you have to do once you finish and you have post production, you have to do the editing and all those different things. Now we have to shop it ourselves. And fortunately, you know, I have some good people around me that's shopping for me. Uh, Royal Watkins, I don't know if you're familiar with Royal. Royale was a comic on Comic Group, I mean, on Def Jam back in the day. Uh, real funny dude. You probably, which I said, which once again, you're 37, you might not remember him, but he was one of the comics that uh, he was from DC and he was like, we're not going to have any problems here in New York, right? When he turned around and took his blazer off, he had a gun in the back of his pants. Oh, that yeah, my, yeah,
0: yeah. I do remember that. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, so that was
1: Royale. And he also played a small part in, uh, I believe, it was Deliver Us from Eva. He was the hairdresser, which everybody thought was gay, but didn't come to yeah. right. But he wasn't. Yeah, that's Royale. That's my dude. Good friend, man. Very great writer. He writes on the ABC television show right now. Um, he's doing a lot of things. But he also produced and directed the Plastic Cup Boys special. He worked with Mike Epps on One Mike, on, on Mike Epps special. Uh, okay. So Royel was the director for my special. And like I said, being that he was a good friend, he's using a lot of his sources to shop my uh, my special. So we're just trying to find the right platform. We've been talking to Comedy Dynamics. We've been talking to Netflix. We've been talking to Hulu. We've been talking to Amazon Prime. So we're, 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 we're going to each one to see who's interested and whether it's the right platform for us, as well as, you know, YouTube. We're, we're just, you know, the thing is, I'm not in. I'm not in a hurry to just throw it out there. I want to make sure that it's the right venue and it gets the right exposure, so it it puts me in the light that I need it to put me in. You know, so okay. it's a little. Oh, hopefully, hopefully by that's November. That's the part
0: that I-, I used to think that y'all hold the special and go on tour. You know, to keep keep them jokes flowing. Because once right. the special come out, you can't
1: tell them jokes no more. That's true, and that's a right. that's something that's going to be challenging. Other door. I'm sorry. My my son is trying to get out, and he don't realize he can go out the other door. So yeah, he take out to me. He not. <laughs> he don't use his common sense sometimes. But uh, uh, no. Nah, you know, that's another thing too is having to uh, you know, having to uh, uh do new material. You know, right. that's. Uh, but you know, I have a lot of material I can say that I've thrown away or or forgotten about that. And I do a lot of a lot. I do a lot of freestyle ad living and stuff. So hopefully that'll carry me once the special comes out. You know, and I've been writing. I've been writing.
0: You do do a great job with the freestyle. I think Thank somebody you. somebody says something crazy in the back. You use that about three times on the show.
1: Huh?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was last. I said, "Yo, he threw that right in there."
1: Right. <laughs> yes. he was like, yeah. He's like, "Hey, my mind doesn't work normally like everyone else does and i and i and and i say that you know jokingly but realistically my mind does not work like normal people like thoughts are always like when i'm on stage my mind is going a million miles a minute and it's like a it's like the uh the powerball machine you ever see the balls just rolling around shoot shoot it up that's the way my brain works it's it's going i can i can see thoughts going through my and then they'll shoot one up and by the time it shoots up it comes out of my mouth and i honestly i believe that that's a gift that god gave me which i is unexplainable by me i can't explain it i truly can't that's good
0: now let's hear about the ups in this business that was the downs let's hear about the ups
1: Oh, you know, I mean, there's so many ups, man. One, the, the biggest up for me, man, is honestly, and it sounds cliche, and it sounds corny, is the fact of making people smile, man. To, You know, I've had people come up to me who basically just buried a loved one, you know, had, had a very devastating event happen just that particular day or that weekend, and after they leave my show, you know, they they were able to smile and laugh a little bit. You know, that's that's significant. And that's something that, you know, I don't take lightly. That's something that I cherish when people tell me that, man. And, you know, um, another thing that's, you know, the ups is meeting a lot of my idols, like people I grew up watching and have them in my circle. And, you know, and to uh, to be able to, you know, communicate and, and, and have a relationship with them on a regular basis and also traveling the world, man. I've been to places that most people, you know uh, dream about going and i go there on a regular basis like i spend two weeks every year in the bahamas at the atlantis i work there for two weeks straight i work in vegas you know i've traveled to london i traveled to amsterdam rotterdam germany uh uh you know just all over the world performing being able not just having to go and and, and do some, you know, do work, which you don't get, I get a chance to enjoy the places. Like when I go to England, we travel all around England. We go to Manchester, we go all these different places. I've seen, you know, the, the big fer- ferris with the eye, big Ben, the clock, you know, been to Japan, and just rode on the uh, the bullet train and all these different things and gone down to Itaewon and, and Osan. And, you know, that's, man, that's a blessing. You know, uh, to be able to experience these, these places and not only experience them, experience them in the in a way where people are showing you, like you you have you know people who want to take you and want you know want to show you off. So that's a lot of ups and and the money, you know, so the money. You know, you you work hard. Money is always the money, good. The money start to show. So you know. That's yeah. It.
0: Now you said you was in the Bahamas. I've been to the Bahamas.
1: He was he was
0: actually in the good part. He was in Atlantis. Um, yeah, I've been to the I jungle in,
1: in Nassau. I know Nassau like the back of hand, man. I know over the bridge, over the bridge. Yeah, over, you know? over the Sydney 48
0: bridge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, over the bridge. But then you go over the hill into the hood. Like, I've been to Marathon Mall, man. I know Mackey Street. I know all the streets oh, in the Bahamas. Man. I've been going to the Bahamas for 20 plus years. I've been working at the Atlantis when Merv Griffin owned it. I got My first marriage was at the Atlantis. I got married in the same gazebo that Deion Sanders' first marriage took place. So... I mean, I've been frequenting the Bahamas for twenty something years. And you know, so you know, I know all I know all the hoods, I know the other side of, you know, Nassau. I watched it evolve into what it is now, to all the construction, the new hotels and stuff that's there. So yeah, I know, I know the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the, I ain't gonna lie, I had a good time, but I need to go back. Yeah. Um, now with with the have you ever done the cruise ship?
1: yeah i used to work the cruise ships back in the day um shoot it's been about i think i I worked a cruise ship like 2004 2005 somewhere in that timeline um yeah i used to work carnival cruise and honestly i was signed on to start working again on the cruise line this january but because everything with with the the pandemic and 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 the stipulations like a lot of the american entertainers weren't able to get off in certain ports because of you know, protocol in that country with COVID, you know, uh so I was just like, why would I do this? And honestly, the money in which they were offering me wasn't close to what I'm making out here on this road. So I was like, uh, you know, and that's that's challenging because a lot of times you might have to sign off for two weeks and be out at sea and not have communications. You know, some places your phone doesn't work, you know, your eye, you know, FaceTime. So. It's challenging, man. If you have a family, you know. Like I said, got my little dude right here next to me. You know, whenever you know, it's 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 like it's 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 even kind of like wild to even have this weekend off because this is it's a Saturday. I'm not working this weekend. You know what I mean? So that for him, you know, like this is what I'm doing today. We chilling, me and him, me and him are chilling. Mom's, you know, she's doing her thing, you know, cooking and stuff. So we just we just doing family stuff right now. But we don't get this to especially not on the on a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday dance home come on now, so that's what we doing he, he right here next to me so the cruise ships will cool. kind of challenging you know yeah that
0: that is cool that's cool now okay now what's what's the most interesting place that you've ever performed at like one of your favorites i would say
1: oh it, it's it's not without a doubt it's London man. the Bloomsbury theater and the uh, the college of the University of London the college of London um it's a theater uh holds about 800 and we do two nights i think we did two nights i believe it was i've I've done it twice uh yeah the bloomsbury theater was hot because you think england you think uh just a bunch of white people but this you know the bounce uh was it the bounce that we were doing i can't remember what the i think it was the bounce. no that was in amsterdam uh but we did the bloomsbury theater and it was like 800 black people man you got and, and some of my africans so you got africans that speak english like you know it's, it was really cool man and i also did a, uh, my boy kojo which is a, a big comedian over in london he has a comedy night that's you go down in the cellar man and i'm telling you he might have like 200 people tight packed and you know, that was my first time over in London and man I crushed that show so hard. And then two weeks later, uh uh um uh uh Dave Dave Chappelle performed on that same that's what they made Dave put out his cigarette. <laughs> and they was they stopped the show to make Dave put out a cigarette because he was smoking in the venue. So, you know, I was able to, you know, perform at the same place that Dave Chappelle followed me after that and I, you know. And that's what you can see it on the internet, like our shows coming right behind each other. So that was uh, that's good.
0: That's yeah, definitely London definitely a good place. And that's that's definitely good. I gotta give you that. Now mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you your top comedians, but you said you can't put them well in no top. Because well, got, that's, well, I'll let you tell me. Tell me how you how you feel about it.
1: Well, the thing is if you put if you if you have a top five, you're putting people in places. And I don't and I feel as though that comedians uh based on who they are you can't you can't say he's here he's here he's here here you know it's like all over the place for for so many different reasons of course you like dave Chappelle because he's taken uh storytelling and the thing about dave is you might not agree with him but the way that he unfolds the information and presents it to you you might not agree but you have to respect how he came to that opinion you know so i i i put dave at the top for that for that reason you you take richard pride because he took all his pains and all his suffering and all his downfalls and 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 presented it to the world and was able to laugh at it and have us laugh at it as well that takes a lot of courage to be able to do that so i would put him in that category you take you know jerry lewis believe it or not jerry lewis is one of my favorites because he would allow his body to do whatever his body and his mind told him to do. He's very physical. I guess you can put Jim Carrey in that same category. Um, I never heard nobody put Jerry Lewis up top. Jerry Lewis is man. Like if you go back and watch Jerry, I, I watched Jerry Lewis way before I did comedy. Uh, him and Dean Martin and just the, you know, the creativity that he brought to it because a lot of it was ad libbing and what you know what he brought to the different characters. Man, that's your talent. That's on the spot. You know, challenging yourself not having any barriers like i said jim carrey would be the same same way because jim never put unfortunately sometimes as entertainers we put these 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 guys these guardrails to keep us from going too far you know and in our mind has a lot of guardrails where we say well i want to say that but if i say that who am i going to piss off or you know who am i going you know how am i going to be perceived so but those cats was like I don't care, this is who I am. Robin Williams was the same way, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? You have you have Eddie Murphy that was just raw, that was just talented, was just like, look at me, here I am. So that's why Bill Cosby, his storytelling and how he drugged women. Oh, that's all, I'm just bullshitting. Oh, all right, all right, hold on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. <laughs> nah, nah, but Bill Cosby, because he would, he would have you so compelled at his story that you would just sit there and just listen. And you can picture, you pictured his kids coming downstairs with soap in their eyes and his wife standing, you know, all that stuff. That's, so you put him in that category. So that's why, and there's so many more that I I haven't even mentioned that a lot of people don't even know. You know, I can look at my boy, you know, uh, um, J.B. Smooth. his physicality, you know, J.B. didn't care. J.B. was one of those cats back in the day. J.B. would milk a joke so far that she was like there's nothing left and he would find more you know what i mean it's so it's too many cats to say my top five you know i, too you. Many I you. now uh i got a fan question okay who have
0: you been influenced by the most
1: well it's so funny now and i don't and i take this as a compliment and i hope people are not meeting this as uh insult but i've been compared to john witherspoon a lot me and john sure. worked together that's you. Know, you that, that,
0: I can see that a whole lot.
1: But <laughs> so it's so funny. Weird. Yeah, it's the way that I my wording and like I I pull my words. But I was doing that before I start. Before I was working with John, and while I was working with John, I would do it. But he never came to me and said, "Hey, man, you got to stop doing that. That that's not me." You know, you, you, you know, he never he never had a problem with it. But I this was it was a character that I you know a way that I talked just around people that I knew. Uh, so I would be, I, I'm compared to, uh, uh, him for, for the cadence, I guess my cadence, I was compared to Bernie Mac because both of us got big eyes, you know? Uh, but I get, as far as looks, I would get Chris Tucker all the time, dude. Early on back, you know, when I was younger, you know, I had the Afro, it was always Chris Tucker where I even got mistaken from Chris in the mall. Uh, a couple of times but you know and then even chris was like for a while he was like man we don't look nothing like i said man chris i get tired of people saying we look like he said man we don't look nothing like we don't look. and then finally a couple of years ago we were taking a picture he looked at me and said man you're starting to look like the family man you start <laughs> so, you know but uh and i just remember chris's brother when chris had the club in atlanta his father i mean his father came out of the out of the kitchen one time he said man you was on stage i was looking up that said what chris doing in the suit Chris don't wear no suits, so he thought it was Chris on stage. And it was me, but Chris is taller than me anyway. So, uh, right. So those, are, I guess, you can say Bernie Mac. I get Bernie Mac, John Witherspoon, and I look like Chris Tucker. I guess.
0: Okay, I like that. I like that. All
1: right. Those,
0: those are the guys who influence you. All right. yeah, and, um, yeah. That was that was from uh, me and Doug right there. Okay. What else I want to know now? Listen, I know I heard growing up that your dad was a boxer, which got you into boxing.
1: Well, he tried to. (laughs) I I just wasn't into it, bro. You know, I played football and basketball, so I I always wanted to be a professional football player. I I lived and breathed, breathed football growing up, man. I had. Every football card, which was in team order, position order, I had them all organized. Uh, But my father, you know, like I said, prior to me being born, he was a professional boxer. He retired. Uh, He opened up, you know, restaurants out throughout the, you know, out throughout Newark. He had like three or four restaurants. He had a bar that he owned as well. But we had a full gym in our attic, punching bag, speed bag, gloves, all the gear, weights. My father would make a sit up board out of stuff. Like my father would take shit out the house and make, you know, my mother go to water the grass and he uncut the holes and put it for the foot, for the foot, uh, <laughs> the foot rope when we're doing sit ups and all that stuff. We had a wow. full fledged gym in our attic, the entire gym, you know, the big, the big punching bag, the medicine balls. And my father always wanted to get me in the ring, but I just wasn't interested in it. He would train other kids kids from the neighborhood, one of his restaurants, he uh, bought the, the the place next to it and made that side a full gym where he would bring kids in the neighborhood and work out. I mean, I would try to work out my pops like he would run 10 miles a day and I would ride my 10 speed bike trying to keep up with him and couldn't even do it. You know? Mm-hmm. My yeah. So yeah, I grew up around boxing, man, but now and I have a greater appreciation. I wish I would have, uh, Gotten into yeah, it. I didn't.
0: I didn't like boxing until later. At, also, like you, I was a big football guy. I wanted, I wanted to be Reggie White. That's right, what I right. wanted.
1: Oh, because you're from Philly, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I want to be Reggie. I, I
0: still, I still don't know how you became a Cowboys fan. Like, how did how did this happen? How did this I don't even know trying you're your Eagle fan. I'm <laughs> in Philly. It makes yeah. sense. That don't mean it ain't, it ain't,
1: that's that's. But
0: I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you a part that makes this even worse. My dad is a diehard Cowboys fan.
1: Right. But let me explain. See, see, a lot of people say, how can you? Because you have to think. See, you can't think about now. You have to think about, you talking about the, the 80s, the 70s and the 80s, where right. television wasn't what it is now. You know what I mean? So on a Sunday afternoon, you had CBS, ABC, and I can't remember what the, I don't know if NBC, but it was only, you got, a, you got an early game and you got a late game you had won the nfc and the afc so you on a sunday afternoon one o'clock started If, if you were in jersey we would get the giants right which you know you would think i'd be a giant fan but the latter the later game would most likely be the cowboys because remember the cowboys was america's team so we were always exposed to the cowboys all the time even though you live in new york you live in jersey you see the giants but the cowboys were highlighted they were america's team they were glorified you had a television show called dallas that comes on after the game so you would constantly show how great of a city dallas was how great of a team they were and during this time you had just ups i mean you had Drew Pearson you had Lynn Swan. i mean you had Drew Pearson you had Tony Hill you had Tony Dorsett you had Roger Starr. you had all these players that were glorified in outside of football on Sunday you know what i mean and then my mother was a school teacher um and it just so happened that one of the substitute teachers was a retired Dallas Cowboy and i met him and i just that just that just set the tone for me that was since the early 70s. I used to sit there and watch them lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know that, that's what I grew up on. But then I also watched them beat the Denver Broncos and beat all the other, the, the, the Buffalo Bills uh, three times. I, I watched this. So that's how I became a Cowboy fan. I was just obsessed with Tony Dorsett and Drew Pearson. And, you know, after the game, we'll go outside. And I was Drew Pearson. And my boy was Tony Hill. And it's so funny. My boy, Eric. He had a cowboy because his family from Dallas and he looked like them. He was like uh, Mexican and black. So he had the big afro. So when he put his (laughs) arm on, his his hair would stick out in the back like Tony Hill. And he, you know, and we would just throw passes and catch him over our shoulder. That's, I mean, it was just, we were glorified. The Cowboys were glorified and I stay true to my team to this day, you know?
0: I had a couple of friends
1: that played for the Cowboys too. So that makes it even better. Doug
0: said, "Uh, so you got brainwashed to become a Cowboys fan? Who is Doug?" Get it
1: Doug,
0: yeah, Doug, that's, that's Mayor Doug, Doug Phoenix, right there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he said he get it now. It makes uh, a million percent of
1: sense now. <laughs> you were brainwashed, right? Brainwashed, huh?
0: Yeah. My dad done. must have been. My dad must have been brainwashed just like that. But I, I want to know because you've been a Cowboys fan since the '70s,
1: and yeah. I
0: just want to know who was your top five Cowboys.
1: Oh, my top five, I just said it It has to be Tony Dorsett, Drew Pearson, Tony Hill. Well, Tony Hill was cool. Uh, Tony, uh, the first uh, one I,
0: re- I heard mentioned Tony Hill. Let me get that out of the way.
1: Oh, yeah, to- I know them all. Billy Joe Dupree, bro. I'm true to it, man. Ron Springs, Charlie Waters, Bob Lilly. I'm true to it, bro. I don't mess around with my boys. Uh, Emmett Smith is definitely one michael irvin is the top you know you know you know michael irvin uh um he's sweating right now who Michael Irvin? yeah he's sweating right now somewhere sweating. that's what he's I, doing that's right my now. dude though he got so much charisma man he had he's great uh you know uh i have to say one that y'all probably not even familiar with i gotta say my boy jeremy Mincy, who took over once my boy went over to once they sent uh demarcus ware over to the denver broncos they bought uh uh Jeremy Mincy which was number 92 who who the second season he was there, he was a sack leader for the Cowboys. That's my personal friend. That's my boy, my dog, my ace man. Uh I used to mess with him. He used to play with the Jaguars, but you know that's my dude. So I gotta put my boy <laughs> in case he watched this, I gotta make sure I may, make it known that that's Jeremy Mincy. Never, never, never heard of. You Jeremy Mincy was he was the man for the Jaguars. He played with the Jaguars about eight years and then he got traded to Denver uh in the year they lost in the Super Bowl. Um he played for them and then he came to the Cowboys. DeMarcus Ware went to the Broncos and and and, and um Jeremy came over to the Cowboys and he played right right in, you know. But he was a good dude. He had good seat. he had a good career, man. But I got so many cowboys, man. Uh, shoot, like I said, uh, you know Zeke is uh, you know, if I had to say uh, Pollard is my is my man right now. Pollard is the man.
0: Uh, you like Pollard over if, Zeke?
1: Uh, huh? You like Pollard over Zeke? Zeke? Right now, Zeke. I don't think Zeke has that killer killer instinct that he had the first couple of seasons. You know what I mean? Um, he
0: showed up against us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but that's because they changed the the, the you know the offensive plan. You know, um, you know they they kind of was helping. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush. They they made a, an offense that basically was for Cooper, which basically the Cowboys went back to the running game. So, and that hopefully they give Dak that same that same privilege instead of trying to make him fit into the offense that they have for him. You know, Kellen Moore has an offense, and he's trying to fit Dak in there, build that offense around what works for Dak. You know, like they're doing for Lamar over in and Baltimore and a whole lot of other cities. They know what the quarterbacks' strongness, strong uh, aspects are and weaknesses, and build that offense around that. So,
0: yeah, like they like they did for us, Philly. Yeah,
1: Which, yeah, and, you know. and, and let me tell you something. And I'm gonna say this on record. I, I despise uh-huh. Philly. I lived in I lived in Wilmington for a while, so I, I, I used to go down South Street all the time. So I know that area very well. Sean and Stacy Andrews were good friends of mine that played for the Eagles, and I was yeah, I know mean, they brothers. Yeah, the brothers. You know what I mean. So I sat in Lincoln State where I couldn't wear my jersey because y'all are fools in Philly when it goes to the game. But right now I'm pulling for my boy because you know they when he was he was a he was a gentleman at, at Alabama. He took a step back. He went over Jaylen to, Hur- Oklahoma. you know what I'm saying? Hertz went over there. He never, he never made a fuss. He never made a spectacle of himself. He went over to uh, uh, Oklahoma, you know, did his thing over there. Came into the NFL. When he got a chance to start, excuse the expression, they shit it on him. They treated him like, like he wasn't capable of being an NFL quarterback, like he didn't have the skill set or the mindset to take on that position. They automatically counted him out when y'all gave uh, uh, Carson Wentz, like crowned him with no – he didn't even show how great he was. Don't even make me go into the whole thing, you know, with the Super Bowl and all that. But Carson, they, they gave him the green light. Before he even proved himself, and they they shot Jalen, you know, shot Jaylen out before he got a chance to play. And now that he's balling out and every like throwing, running, decision making, I love it. I love it. I'm for the brother, and you know what I'm saying because they. Ordinate- I, call him,
0: uh, I call him. I call him my son. I call Jalen Hurts my son. Right my son, that's how I much see, I love him, like he's son.
1: Yeah, man, he's. I want you know why my cut co- my little cousin was a quarterback for Duke. Anthony Boone, quarterback for Duke. They counted him out. He went to the he went to the bowl game against uh uh, uh what's your boy? Once again uh from from uh and uh Texas and um you know, kind of went bust. Through four, Jimmy, Johnny, Johnny Mazzell. Johnny Mazzell. They played Johnny Mazzell. They had him. Duke had him in the first half. They got comfortable and Johnny Mazzell Johnny Mazzell ain't that
0: some stuff.
1: And he threw for like almost 400 yards in that game. And he went to the NFL and they questioned his height. Uh, Doug Flutie was six foot, you know, uh, they questioned his arm strength. He threw for seven. He threw a 70 yard pass in that game. You know what I mean? Uh, his his decision making. He was the winningest quarterback in Duke football history. You know, uh, went to the bowl game, made Duke uh relevant on the on the on the football field for you know because it was always basketball you know but they counted them out and they tried right. when you went to the nfl they tried to make him a receiver you know so but anyway we are in a whole now we outside of comedy now <laughs> we a- Yeah, well
0: i mean that, certain things like that happen don't worry about it I mean, let's let's get into how you became an actor how you got in these movies
1: OK, so that story was um, I had a I had a manager um, when I was living in Atlanta and he wanted to do a showcase and um, he wanted to do a showcase in L.A. So we are uh, about about 15 of us comics flew out to L.A. and we did a showcase at the Improv on Melrose. And as things have it, um, they was expecting a good t- a big turnout. And there was about 25, 30 people in the audience. And a lot of the comics just mailed their acting. They just went up there you know, messed around a little bit and got off stage. When it's my turn, anytime I touch that mic, I take that seriously. So I performed as if it was 200 to 2,000 people in that audience and did my, uh, did, my, did, my, did my stuff. And the next day my boy was taking me to the airport and my, my manager called me and said, where are you? I said, uh, I'm on my way back to Atlanta. We're going to the airport. He said, turn around, you ain't going back to Atlanta. There was an agent in the audience. And they want to sign you. It was Martin Lawrence's first agent. Uh, he had been in wow. the back room watching the show. So turn that car around. He said, "You moved to L.A. We'll represent you." I moved me and my family out to L.A. And um, as soon as I got there, they start I start going on auditions. And the coolest part about when I got the part for Shade, uh, I went into this casting agency. that was packed. There was a bunch of Bunch of white guys. So I walked up to the receptionist. I said, hey, I'm here to read for Mr. Osi. And she looked at me like, "Mm, are you sure? And she was like, what part are you reading for? I said, Mr. Osi. And uh, she was like, "Okay." When I looked around the room, it was all white dudes. And one other black dude that I had just seen on the Parkers, that particular guy was, hey, that's the dude from the Parkers. But other than that, it was all white dudes. And I said, oh, so they wrote this part for a white guy. And so uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna show him how a brother do it, and I got the part. I got the part in the movie, but that's how I got into acting because I was already acting a little bit. Once I got out there to L.A., I had an acting coach. I uh, uh, had a great acting coach out there, um, and I was in acting classes. So I hit the ground running. That's good. That's definitely and, good. Now, how, how many
0: different? What other? What other movies were you in?
1: Well, prior to that. I had, <clears throat> I had little extra roles. I was in Lean On Me. I was a student in Lean On Me back in the day. And uh, the what big what's what You could I was I was not visible. Like it was honestly, it was really blurry. Uh, Cause like I showed my son recently. Uh, but you, it's like so quick. I was um, I was just a student, and when they when he uh, got rid of all the students, you know when they had to you know remove them extraditiously or whatever he said You know right.
0: what I mean? so, the stage when he was on the stage.
1: Right, right, right. So I was in that, that scene. I was in Lee, I was in uh Ace Ventura 2, uh which I was uh I was a, a Watuchi tribe man got with all you the white to and <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you this one and my son still to this day does not believe that that's me because I was so young. Uh and the big house, remember he flipped the truck? He flipped the truck at the big at the big house, Ace Ventura, and right. and he was like the Monopoly Man. Remember, he walked over to the guy and uh, Simon, which was the actor's name, Simon was on the horse doing tricks with the horse and he hit the horse with the crop. And when he got off, Jim Curry hit him with the crop and he said, funny, it didn't hurt when you hit the horse. When he got off the horse, he took his hat and his gloves and he handed it to me. (laughs) And (laughs) Here's the funny part. So all I had to do when they, you know, when that scene happened, Simon got off the horse, took his hat and his gloves, handed it to me i just supposed to go like that and bow out. So when I did, I went like that. And the and the director was like, cut. Hey man, you can't look at the camera when you just, just grab the hat and the glove, just bow and, and back out, action. Cut, hey bro, hey, you can't <laughs> do that. You can't look at the camera, all right, action. And you can just see my eyes go. So when you watch the movie, and when he get off the horse and he hands the glove, you'll see me. I got a little, little funny little hat. You'll see my eyes go to the corner of the camera like I'm gonna get my moment of opportunity to be a star. So <laughs> you can see that That's part true. in the movie. Uh, but That's I also true. was on. I was also on the Shield, which was a a cop show. Um, right. I was a, a riot cop, which we had to save the woman that played uh, Doughboy's mother in Boys in the Hood. We had to save her. In a riot, she was like a a, a civil rights speaker or something. And it was a riot. Broke out. Cars were blowing up. And we had to grab her and take her to safety. So I was a cop in that. I was in uh, Your Worst Nightmare, which was a television show. I was an investigating uh, sheriff. Uh, So I had a couple of roles, man. I I played some parts.
0: That's good. Definitely good. You got to put some of them throwback throwback videos up on your social media.
1: I know. I try to find some. I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I have never seen, stand-up stuff. We were just talking about that the other day, uh, me and another comedian friend. There's some com- uh, some comedy shows I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen Off the Chain, On Bounce TV that I did, uh, Robert Townsend, Partners in Crime, The New Generation. I've never seen that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, like, I, I just, you know, I can't find The, the Shield. I can't find... I've done seven seasons of Comic View. There's certain Comic Views I haven't seen, you know. Yeah, the-
0: I can't find Comic View either. And it's crazy because I was spoiled at one point. I used to watch it when it come on BET like 2 in the morning. Right. And I watched Comic View and everything. And, you know, the girl I was with at the time I was like, you always watch Comic View. Won't you just go ahead and be a comedian? I said, I ain't that good. They wrote this out. They, You know, they went through the crowds. I ain't getting that moment when somebody booed me and all that. I, I ain't that good. And part. I was gonna ask you about that. What what happened when
1: you actually got booed? When I got
0: booed. Or that what y'all call it? Getting bombed. I was, uh, when you what bomb, y'all call it.
1: When you bombed. Yeah, yeah, we all been through that. You know, fortunately, God bless. I mean, in fact I haven't had to do it, I haven't experienced it that often knock on wood i don't ever want to jinx myself and make it seem like i'm somebody that i'm not but um man that's nothing like it but you know what it helps you, it builds you i was i remember the first time i really like really really bombed was i went back to jersey i hadn't been back to jersey in a while i'm
0: not at home
1: Dang. And, and here's the crazy part it was anybody who's from jersey everybody know the peppermint lounge the Peppermint Lounge was the spot. It was the party spot, and it was the spot for comedy. Bill Bellamy was hosting, you know. And and that Bill,
0: ain't, ain't the Peppermint Lounge, ain't that the spot that they auditioned y'all for to go on Def Jam?
1: Go on Def Jam, yeah. Yeah, so it Fine. was it was hard. So Bill was the manager, because Bill used to host that Club 88, which was on Thursday nights. But he also would host at the Peppermint, too. And Bob Sutherland was there, and Tina Graham, and all those cats. Um, but I went home. And and so this particular night I was performing, Bill hosted, um, and everybody was in the audience, Naughty by Nature, because this is my neighborhood. I grew up in a neighborhood with Queen Latifah, Naughty by Nature, Redmond, we all, I grew up in, you know, North Newark, you know, I was right on the borderline of East Orange where Tretch and all and would hang out at Oval Park. That's why for a long time, I thought OPP was Oval Park, Pisces, because it Posse. Because there was a park called Oval Park where we used to play basketball at, so that's what I thought it was, you know. Uh, uh but uh, I'm you not know, know about that. I, I only I know. been to, only <laughs> been to East
0: Orange, I think, once when I went and did a podcast down there.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. It's a, Shout
0: out to my boys off off the top sports.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, man. That's that's I, I grew up in it, in Queen Latifah. My 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 sister was a hairdresser, so Queen Latifah would get her. Her and her mother would get her hair done at a cut above the rest, which is downtown Newark. So I knew Latifah, she would come over to my sister's house for like parties and stuff like that. Uh, But anyway, um, so I went home. So all in there, you know, and I, and prior to leaving Jersey, I was engaged and we had our engagement party at the Peppermint. So I'm like, yo, I'm going home, you know, I'm representing. And man, I went up there and this is what a lot of comics do. We look at the audience And we try to conform to what the audiences are and what we think they want us to be instead of just being yourself. And I tell a lot of young comics: you might think that the audience is is dumb, that they don't realize that you're trying to be something that you're not. It's like a white dude that you know you're a straight white comic, but then you see an all black audience and now you're trying to conform to what it is you think they want you to be. And it shows so easily. And I went up there, man, in less than two minutes, uh, they gave me the business. It was like, they booed me to the car, they, Like, I mean, it was, it was so, <laughs> yo, I couldn't do no. I walked off the stage, walked out the club, and I think I sat in the car until my family was ready to go back to South Carolina after that, dude. And it was so funny, because I remember we had like, we had rented this van because it was a lot of, you know, my mother, my sisters, my cousins and stuff. And I was driving the van. I just remember looking out the window and just hear "I was born by the river." <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just waiting for that lady to come and say, "Don't you pay them? No, never mind."
0: <laughs> Man, um, yeah. Jersey, Jersey is definitely in the house. Shout out to Tavat. Jersey is definitely in the yes. house. Yeah. Oh, yes. uh, <clears throat> that is that is crazy. Well, listen, the holidays are coming up. Yeah. Uh, Big movie coming out, Black Panther Two. Yeah, I I don't know if you're an MCU fan.
1: Are you an MCU fan? How huh? am I? Are you Marvel fan? You a Marvel fan? I'm I'm there. I'm not deep deep like a lot of other cats, but I'm there. I'm Marvel. I'm uh, my son is this bro. Like this dude right here is Marvel. He breathes. He breathes Marvel. I mean everything. Yeah, Marvel and he, uh I,
0: and Fortnite. He, he's still on Fortnite.
1: Is he on Fortnite? Oh. Yeah. He got his own podcast. He got his own uh, YouTube channel. The cat got a video that went over 100 thousand views. He got more followers on YouTube than I do. So this the cat you need for this segment. Yeah, he know, you know all I, about Mark. I, I ain't
0: going too deep into it, but uh, we, we'll get the. I know you're gonna go see Black Panther too. That's what I was yes. asking about
1: that. Yes. But yes.
0: What are What are some of the? What are some of the best and worst gifts you got for the holidays?
1: The worst gift, oh man! Come on now, I remember this a long time ago when I was in school. This little, this little, we had a grab bag, and, and one of my classmates gave me some shampoo, and it was a little white boy. You gonna give a nigga shampoo? <laughs> I said, I kid you not. This, but he gave me shampoo as a Christmas gift. Man, let me tell you, something. I think that's when I really started disliking. What? Nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> This <laughs> they gave me shampoo, bro. Shampoo. It was a, gra- it was a grab. <laughs> it was a grab. I want to grab his ass. Grab. <laughs> this nigga <laughs> gave me shampoo, bro. I kid you not. Oh, oh man. Okay, what's That's the, the best. what's the, what's the best
0: gift you got? Oh,
1: oh, sure. <laughs> oh man. That's uh, amazing I can remember the words again, but I'm trying to remember. My best. <laughs> uh-huh. I kid you not. I swear on my life that is a true story. You know? man. Gave me, um, gave me shampoo for Christmas. Oh, white people, if you're watching, white people don't ever do that to a black. <laughs>
0: don't
1: give us no. We don't need no shampoo. Y'all be buying that shampoo that dry out here anyway. We got a special texture. We have a, a special uh, uh, consistency about our hair. We can't use your prail and all that other shit, the pony hair and all that shit. We need no. some good shampoo that's good with black folk hair. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> What'd she say? Um, uh,
0: the best. What's the best gift you got? Let me the, see. She said, uh, socks said so. as a kid, but now as an adult, it's not that bad. That's That was the worst gift she got with socks as
1: a kid. She got socks? Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, socks. That's a normal that that's what We're, fathers get for we get that for Father's Day. Though, socks and ties. Ties and shit that don't match with nothing you got in your closet. And socks that don't even fit your foot. Then you got some dress footies on because them shit's about that long, you know. But uh what's one first? of the best gifts <laughs> <in every day? laughs> uh, for oh, Christmas? Dude. I get some great gifts, man. My son and, and wifey—they give me some great gifts for Christmas, man. So I got so many. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's the best gift. Oh. I gotta think. That's crazy, cause I—I I mean, I never really thought about it, cause I just—you know—I'm the kind of cat. Whatever you give me, besides shampoo, I appreciate. my <laughs> I curse your oh. ass out. You give me shampoo, I'm telling you that right off the cup. You give me shampoo, I'm cursing out. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm not. I make sure nobody gets you no shampoo. No shampoo, oh, bro. But they <laughs> what grade was fast. you in? Let me get that. Out. What grade uh, was you in? So like
1: shampoo. I don't even know. It was. I had to be. It was maybe like <laughs> sixth or sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, something like that, man. That was, yeah, man. That was some whack. That was a whack. His his mother needed to be ashamed of herself because he had to say, "Mom, what do you think about this?" He said, "That'd be good." So he couldn't have done it on his own unless they went in their bathroom in front. Maybe they, okay, so let's, maybe I'm being ungrateful. Maybe that's all they had. They couldn't even go I, out and That's buy what it. I was
0: thinking. I, you know, but, I, was, I was always given the benefit of the doubt, but you thought right. about that for a while. You've been out of school for a while, so don't you've been, been thinking don't, about that don't for Don't a while. you just wow. been out
1: of school As for not gift. that long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the worst gift I ever got, somebody got me some Cowboys. I said, man, I'm not no damn Cowboys fan.
1: Let me get. It. I mean, me they got it. me
0: gloves, hat,
1: all that. Now, really? That's like
0: when I was in school.
1: See, they was trying to let you know what you needed to be in your life. See, you gotta, you gotta look. Yeah, at my the dad signs. was excited. You gotta look at the signs that come to you, bro. That's what it was, man. One, but, the but only
0: thing I like about the Cowboys is Dak Prescott, Michael Parsons, and. Right. That stadium. Mike, Mike been, have you been
1: to the stadium?
0: Yeah, I've been to the stadium. Me and my dad went. That was on our bucket list. Go to an Eagles-Cowboys game in Dallas.
1: Me and my I dad, my to. uncle,
0: and my cousin went. We all went together.
1: Okay, i supposed to go tomorrow, but I'm not. I'm going to just chill with, you know, because they're playing the Lions tomorrow. And we always go. Me, Tony Roberts, uh, Big Sean Larkins, Howie Bell, and me, because okay. they're, they're they're from Detroit. So they're going to represent the Lions, as and me and Tony Tone and and my boy, we, we all represent the Cowboys. So we went Absolutely a couple done. years ago when they played the day after the Monday Night Football, when they played Christmas, and uh, we beat them Lions up bad. That's when Zeke was wearing them gold cliques. So yeah. we all supposed to go tomorrow, but I'm just gonna chill, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay home. I'm not gonna go tomorrow, but I might go next week when they play Chicago. They play Chicago next week, so
0: I might. Yeah, y'all, y'all win that game. Y'all ain't gonna win this game against Detroit.
1: I don't know, man. Detroit do play kind of tough, but we, you know, Dak got something to prove. He's back, you know. So and, and, and Parsons, that's my dude, man. But he's from your state. He's from Penn State, man. You know. Yeah, Parsons. he's
0: from Harrisburg. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. Harrisburg, one or two. Yeah, yeah. He, he is. He is nice. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. He is nice.
1: That's 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 an LT. He got that LT flavor. Uh, yeah, but. he does.
0: Now, now you now I'ma I'm end this joint. Right. You are a cigar smoker. Yes. The only cigar, only cigar I've had Black and is mild. Romeo is a Romeo Juliet. Yeah.
1: That's pretty common. That's pretty common. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew
0: you was gonna say that. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that.
1: I'm off the grid with mine. I'm off the grid. Uh anybody, any anybody who's a smoker, Rocky Patel. Uh, is a is a you know i'm hoping to meet rocky in a couple of weeks from now uh, he has some great venues all over the country but rocky patel Fifty Fives, number six uh just it's just so many different ones but my cigar of choice right now is a Placencia octagon uh, uh uh yeah it's it's a it's a funny shaped cigar but it's it's an outstanding cigar green label um those are my choices or leaf by oscar is another one, which is a you might be able to handle a leaf by Oscar. It's a more natural cigar, uh, but yeah, I'm a I'm a smoker. I go to different cities and I find a cigar lounge. And, in fact, yeah,
0: you, I've I've heard you say that Cam Newton has one of the sexiest drinks.
1: Yes, Cam Newton has fellowship in Atlanta, right down the street from Mercedes Stadium uh, in Atlanta. Man, It's is he does it's down pop. the
0: street from Mercedes Benz
1: Stadium? Right it's not that far. It's in the in the um. Uh what what area must be
0: named Magic City.
1: No, Magic City is over on the other side. Magic City yes oh, right. so right. yeah, it's, it's uh Magic City is closer to the, to downtown Atlanta. Um Mercedes is, is on the other side. It's like on the it, it's hard to explain, but he's not too far. I'm trying to think of this area. It's a certain name for this area where where uh the cigar lines is on the like on the corner, but it's it's hot, man. It's I mean i mean he is sexy all the way around from the staff to the venue itself he does his podcast out he has an upstairs area you know he has great food it's just a cool sexy atmosphere you got to dress a certain way and um I'm, I'm that same thing here in charlotte i'm i'm a member of vintage cigar whiskey and cigar lounge which is michael jordan's father's old auto shop that they turn into a cigar lounge and it's pretty upscale we get a lot of the Panther players and the Hornet players and the coaches that come over to that spot, as well as Michael Jordan is sneaking there every now and then in the back, you know? They okay. Them.
0: Now but, uh, she said, what notes or hints do you like in a cigar?
1: I'm I'm more or less, uh, I like, I don't like uh, peppery. I like, I'm, I'm a 60 gauge. I like 60 gauge and I'm a medium to full. I don't do the real strong full body. Uh, but I do like uh, a little sweet, a little, not, I wouldn't say chocolate because now you're talking about the jobless and all those uh, kind of, um, you know, those pretty cigars. I'm like, I want my cigar to taste like a cigar because I want my candy, to, uh, my chocolate to taste like chocolate. You know what I mean? Uh, so um, I got different, different, different flavors, you know, different uh, choices in, and in, 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 sticks. I'll, I'll test out new stuff, but I don't like the real strong, peppery. You know, I like woodsy. You know, kind of like uh, I can't even think right now of my of my different choices. But I'll take you out for a stick, and I'll let you try different ones. And she seemed like she knows what she's talking about, so I might need to have a stick with her too.
0: Yeah, Tava. Yeah, she had a she had an event last year that had a guy that um, got his own cigars. Yeah, I bought some of his cigars. I didn't light them yet. I still got them. I didn't light them yet, but I bought oh, some. Wait, his let up. me
1: ask you a question Where are they?
0: Where are they upstairs in my room?
1: And what? What do you have them in?
0: Uh, the plastic joint he gave them to.
1: They just sitting out like that? Yeah. He just go ahead and throw them away. <laughs> them things, them things as dry as an old lady coochie, bro. <laughs> oh. You gotta put them. You gotta keep them moist. You gotta keep them in the humidor. You gotta keep them. You know.
0: She says she she's a newbie. She hold on. There. She says she says she's a newbie.
1: Just the oh, okay. brown oh,
0: bottom
1: Oh, she she do uh, uh. You mean the uh uh fat bottom Bettys?
0: I guess that's what it is. Don't get yeah that line. yeah.
1: She do yeah. Fat see she She likes fat bottom because fat bottom Bettys, they would have like a um like a cherry. You know when you first when you first you know start to smoke it. It's like the stem the, 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 the stem itself has like a cherry flavor to it, so it's a little flavory, so a lot of I don't mean this in the sexist way, but a lot of women will smoke fat bottom betties and stuff like that. but I honestly, I just started I grabbed a few couple of weeks ago because I was at the gym and that the cigar place had, and I needed some to smoke on the patio. Uh, so I grabbed some a pretty decent cigar, not you know, I wouldn't smoke it if I'm in prestige company as a man with some fat bottom beddies. I would they look at you weird. Yeah, but that's uh, a good cigar.
0: But, but see now, you you okay now? How do you know what whiskey or bourbon goes with what cigar, or you just use the same one all the time?
1: I I just use whatever I feel like. I've tried different things. Like right now, my my uh, drink of choice when I'm smoking is an old fashioned smoked. That's you get the cedar and you put it on there and you drink smoke. So old fashioned is one. Um, I have a couple of different ones. I have one. There's a a whiskey in which I get that you only can get in Texas, which is where Dallas is, just to let you know. Texas or Oklahoma. (laughs) It's called (laughs) TX. It's called TX. Or there's uh, Bumba Rum, which is uh, Lil Wayne's uh, uh, um, rum, which is amazing. Those are good ones that I usually drink with uh, a cigar. But an old-fashioned right now is my drink of choice with it. Nice, nice stick. So you only can get
0: you said you don't get that TX in Texas, okay? Ah, uh-huh. when I go to Texas next time, I'm gonna go try that T. Next time I go to Texas, me and my dad gonna we'll go to another Eagles Cowboys game. We ain't gonna go to this one on Christmas right. Eve, but we're gonna go, go to check. Another- I'm telling you,
1: if you like, do you like like a citrusy whiskey, like you know, with a hint of orange and stuff like that, maybe vanilla? Is that you know, or do you like something? I'm of- more
0: of a. I, I'm, I'm more of a. Uh, Straight up whiskey guy, be honest with you. Um, yeah. It don't have to have the hint or right. none of that. I don't knock it. I'll drink it. But I ain't going to say it's one of my favorites. Let me just say that. Right. But it's good
1: because then they have the whiskey blend and they have the straight up whiskey, the TX whiskey, and then they have the whiskey blend. So try both of them, man. It, it's really good. It's, it's it's nice. You just do it on the rocks. Just do it okay. on the rocks. Nothing. I'm putting nothing in it. Yeah, that's I, I like that. Like I'm
0: that. a, I'm a old. Just let you know, I'm an old school E and J
1: guy. too. let you know that. Oh, okay, old. so yeah, yeah, that's real old. You can put that in your gas tank if you're running low. You know, that'll <laughs> get you from one gas station to some E and J. Like shit, you must wear kangaroo sneakers too.
0: <laughs> I'm an old school E and J guy now. Right. I like the, I like to do say now.
1: I like to do say a lot. Yeah, see that's strong stuff. Like that's straight. Like. Yeah, see, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that can kind of, for me, it kind of, it kind of alters the, the, you know, my cigar because you got to get over the the shock of that, that that alcohol to get to your cigar. Like I can, you know, make a smooth transition with what I drink. I'm not a real heavy drinker anyway, so I don't need unleaded regular in my glass on the rocks like you do. You know, some um, anthrax some liquid anthrax. You know, I don't need that to, uh, yeah. you know. To get me buzz, you know, I'm a lightweight.
0: Yeah, yeah. see, I, that's it. That's all it is. But you know what? You go to J-Mo. Do You drink some Jameson. James, they call it Mo.
1: Yeah. Jameson, you'll be alright. Yeah, yeah. I tried. Like I said, I've tried quite a few, and I've been. Look, I've been around a lot of alcohols. I live with an NBA basketball player. Some of my best friends have played professional football, so I have been surrounded by. Did you live with an NBA basketball player? Yeah, my boy AJ English used to play with the Washington Bullets back in the day. We used to live in Wilmington, uh, well Newcastle. We had he had a spot out in Newcastle when he first went to the, went to the Bullets, and uh, I, wow. I was I was running a nightclub in 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 Delaware, and he was like, "Yo, dude, I got this big house, my fiance and my my kids ain't moving in that. Yo, come chill." And, I, and we we chilled, man, and we <laughs> yeah, that was my first uh, introduction to NBA ball playing. Nice. It was it. A-
0: yeah, that is nice. That is nice. That's good. Yeah. That's, good. That's definitely good to hear. But listen, this has been great to have you on the show. Thank if you. Anything, anything you want to tell us about upcoming dates or when you come into the tri-state area again? Um, Back home to Jersey for the Jersey fans out here. Well, I know
1: we have been trying to put together something for Christmas, but it's probably too late now because some more is from Jersey. I, I I did the last Christmas special with my girl. Oh, Simon. that
0: was good. Y'all did a great job
1: with that. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's my. Y'all girl. did a
0: great job with that. Now that I, I can watch anytime because I, I got that when Two Ray put that up
1: and right. he was on me
0: and I was like, oh, this is good.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, that was me, Two Ray, Tight Mike, and some more. You know, that was her Christmas special, The Men of Chandelier. So she had been put trying to you know get one with like me, I guess Bill Bellamy because he's from Newark. You know, all of the Jersey people. Uh, but you know, it's too late now. Um, I'm doing a lot of, uh, the improv and funny bones now and the helium. So hopefully I'll be back up in that area real soon doing some stuff, man. I'm just, I'm traveling with Ricky Smiley. We've been on the road. Ricky for about, yeah. yeah. Me and Ricky, we've been on the, we've been on the road for maybe about, a, I was on tour with bill for a while. Then when I got off the tour with bill, I started touring with Ricky. Uh, I met my, my first ex-wife through Ricky. So <laughs> he owed me Nah, but, uh, yeah, we on tour now. We on tour now. So catch us in the city, and uh man, I'm just out here grinding. I think y'all grinding, be
0: doing man. the, uh, y'all be doing the backstage talking, joking oh, yeah. on each other. I seen that. Okay. Yeah, y'all got to keep that, keep that going. I don't yeah. care what they say. Keep that going.
1: Well, Ricky get mad at me a little while. He'd be like, you know, Sean be going too hard, too long. Like we, used to, Ricky used to stay over, uh, over my house back in the day. Me and Tony Tone used to be roommates, and we used to. We used to join Ricky to sleep, man. He used to get mad. We're like, man, will y'all stop joking so much, man? And yeah, but we used to give him the business back in the day, man. That's when uh, there was a comedy brotherhood, man. So, but, but yeah, you know, so only thing I got coming up this weekend, man, let me, this little dude right here got my time. This, we gonna hang out tonight. We gonna sit in this theater. Can y'all see him? He's a, uh, he's a gamer. He's a gamer. He, uh, he, uh he got his own YouTube channel. He's a Fortnite guru right now. He, in the tournaments and all that stuff. So, you know, check him out. What's your what's your uh YouTube page? Nash Jones. He has a YouTube page called Nash is is Nash Jones. n n-a-s-h Nash Jones. Uh so yeah. check out he, he got more followers than me on this YouTube. But he he got, got
0: more than me too. So I'm going to go follow him. Nash
1: Jones. <laughs> nash Jones. <laughs> Nash
0: Jones, nice. most definitely, yeah. And listen, we're, I'm very thankful to have you, man. I'm glad you did it. Glad you came through. Hey, man, you um, know I could let
1: you down, brother. It was a pleasure, pleasure. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yes, yes, most definitely. We probably will have you on again for a, a, a different cycle because you like you got to meet the chocolate girl. You know. What yes, see, you I,
1: I've been deprived of the chocolate. Yes,
0: been you've been deprived of, the of chocolate. chocolate. So, yeah, yeah man. So yeah, we, we definitely will have you on again. Uh, because the chocolate girl has to meet you. She got to give her side. She she's very great at what she does. I'm glad to have her as a host. And okay. I know she's going to do some family things right now, but I'm always praying for her and oh. wish her nothing but the best. Um, okay. this is the side zone, ladies and gentlemen. Thank y'all for coming out this Follow morning. Me. Follow Sean much. Jones on all social media. It's S-A- It's S-H-A-U-N. Right, Comic Sean Jones, yep. Comic Sean Jones on all social media. God bless. Great day. Appreciate you, man. Thank you.